0: This is episode number 41. I hope you are doing well today. And this podcast is all about being an extraordinary coach. We're going to be exploring a wide variety of topics that fit into this broad field of coaching. And I'd love it if you would be willing to share this podcast or leave a review in iTunes. And if you're not subscribed, you can subscribe to us through iTunes or other podcast players. So yeah, do that. And today we're going to be speaking with Carrie Granger and Carrie actually first came on my radar a few years back. We were looking for some hosts for our programs and she applied, you know, she she reached out and said, I'm up for this. But very quickly she had to say, you know, I, I actually my business has just taken off and I don't have the time and she actually built a seven figure coaching business in 4 years. And so I was like, well, I want to talk to you about that cuz I'm not I want to know what are you doing. Yeah? So that's what this podcast is all about. We're going to talk about transformative enrollment conversations and I like talking to Carrie about this because I, I sometimes we get people reaching out to us who want to show coaches how to build a business, but they're not coaches themselves. And Carrie is a coach. She is an extremely dedicated coach. She's been in close training with Fernando Flores, somebody who's had a kind of large impact in the field and who I respect a lot. So you know, I want to hear from the from the coaches who've built a successful business. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Carrie, as I said, is an executive coach. Uh, she's really working with leaders in corporations, executives, and you know she focuses on transformative leadership in challenging conditions. She's a, a combat veteran and a distinguished graduate of the us Air Force Academy with an MA in organizational leadership. So I hope you enjoy this podcast today. Hey Carrie. <laughs> Great to be on the line with you again. How's things?
1: Oh my goodness, it's so great to be with you too, Joel. I've been uh, looking forward to connecting for months now, and uh, things are going great. Things are, you know, growing in the family in the business, just everywhere.
0: Well, that's what I want to talk to you about today. So I've been, you know, thinking for ages now. Like I want to speak to Carrie about how she grew her business because. It was, I don't know, maybe a couple of years back uh, when, um, you know, you were thinking about being a host for some of our programs and very quickly it became clear to you, you couldn't because your business was just you know, skyrocketing and I was super impressed. So I wanted to talk to you about that today, about how you grew your business and you just shared with me, yeah, like I grew a seven figure coaching business in four years Right. So that's pretty amazing. So let's unpack that. And um, what I like about talking to you about this is you're a coach. Yeah. You grew your coaching business. I get so many people reaching out to me who want to share their ideas about how coaches can grow a business, uh, but then they've never grown their own coaching business. So that's why I wanted to talk to you about it today. So how does all that sound?
1: It sounds great. Oh my goodness. I'm so passionate about this. And, and, I'm passionate about supporting coaches and growing their business, mostly because as a now a business owner i have i I'm acquainted with so many great coaches that haven't quite been able to uh, carve out the opportunity to provide their great coaching and it's always kind of this mystery of you know thousands of coaches and and not as many really successful coaching businesses. And so, um, at any rate, I'm really passionate about this, and I'm so thrilled that uh, we get to talk about it today.
0: Yeah. Well, maybe you could tell me your story over the last – let's kind of touch into that before we talk about, you know, um, things perhaps that other coaches could apply. But maybe you could tell me your story over the last three, four years then.
1: Sure. I, you know, five years ago, I was, I was working for a consulting firm. And I left to have my baby, my first child. And I thought I was going to be a stay at home mom. And it turns out that that's way harder than any job that I've ever had. And I, I'm a combat veteran. So I, you know, that means something, right? And, uh, so I, I, I realized I needed to go back to work, but I didn't want to go back to work for somebody else. So I started working one day a week and, um, and the purpose of which was just to serve, to be out there, to begin to, um, find a different expression as a coach and, um, and you know, it grew to two days. It grew to three days, and and it, w- it was going, you know, average. I would say as a coach, it was going average. And um, you know, uh, about maybe two years, maybe a year and a half ago, I something happened for me in which I realized that for myself. Then, and, and I'm just talking about for myself. If all I did was to have a sufficient coaching business. A you know, I'm fine. I'm supporting myself. That actually, for me, would be tragic. And it would be tragic because I'd help people, and that would be great. But I felt like I could do a lot more. In the world, I I wanted a raise on debt, a a reason for growth and an intention, an aim that my coaching would fulfill on. And um, when I got clear for myself that, you know, my reason for being a coach was to intervene in the global drift of more for more sake, you know more money, more material, more land, more control, more, more, more. In other words, from my perspective, the hazardous focus on shareholder profit at the expense of the remaining stakeholder interests. When I got that, my work was that all stakeholders, I'm an I'm a executive coach in, in the leadership domain. When I got that, my work was about all stakeholders thriving, um, while the business also <laughs> thrives, um, all of a sudden things really started to take off. There was a greater context that my coaching was in service of. and um, when I got that clear for myself, it didn't take maybe two years before I have you know seven figure coaching business I've got 10, 15 people on my team. And, um, and I really see that as a line of demarcation for myself.
0: Mm. Beautiful. What, what created that shift? I want to ask you, you know, in a moment about what that brought, you know, making that shift to seeing what your work was about, but how did you get to that place where you discovered that, that, that you needed more and that there was about, um, you know, going shareholder going beyond the shareholder profit model.
1: Well, I'm a I'm an executive coach, and I work in the domain of leadership development as well. So, I'm an executive coach for executives, and then I do leadership development for all leaders. And um, and I'm a mom, and you know, being a mom started to shift my view to. I cared more about where our planet was going. you know, I have a daughter now, right? like I know I can survive and be fine, but but now I have this little innocent child, and i i I know people don't need <laughs> to have a kid to care about the planet, and I always cared about the planet, but I don't know. it just shifted something for me mm. and um and i you know I'd be doing coaching with leaders, and I don't know, you know, sometimes it was like, <laughs> I, I, I'm spending a lot of time coaching my clients so that their businesses could be more and more profitable, and it just felt empty. At the same time, you know, I'm watching what's happening in our world. You know, I'm watching. Uh, in you know I live in the United States, and so that's mostly where I can speak from but i'm noticing how we do have this drift, and it's just like more, more more and and it's a cultural drift um, it's like it's like more is always better at least in our culture and I know it's not like that in every culture, but but it's it's very contagious in, in the world right now um, and and so I, I just really started caring about that um, I also part of my work was in mergers and acquisitions post post merger acquisition cultural alignment so you've got you know different um, companies coming together and uh, and when you get down on the ground floor, you know there's a lot of Places where people are suffering, you know, they've been acquired four, five, six, seven times. They don't know what their future holds. They're fearful. They're confused. Their identity is lost in the process. You know, I used to be this, and now I don't know what my role is. I used to be important. I used to know my place. I used to know how things go. And um, you know, if you if you are just focused on shareholder profit, you're not. Necessarily going to be attending to the lives, you know, the employees, the colleagues, as part of that new company. And um, there's just an emptiness around that. And so I wanted my coaching efforts to have all stakeholders thrive. And I really believe strongly that when all stakeholders thrive, profits rise. I, I believe that so strongly that's our methodology.
0: Mm. Yeah, what I hear in that is just the developmental imperative, you know, where, mm-hmm. where you're in that journey of coaching people, but then something starts to, you know, you, that you're aware that something's missing. Yeah, I'm uh, mm-hmm. oh, sorry, go ahead. You go ahead.
1: Yeah, it's like, you know, it's our coaching itself. It's using our own work on ourselves. For the right. sake of what am I doing this? You know, the beginning of every coaching call. What's... What do we want to accomplish together? What's the outcome we're after? Yeah? yeah? Well, what about me? What do I want to accomplish through my coaching practice?
0: Cuz want... yeah, go go ahead sorry I'm, I'm putting in again.
1: Yeah, no, that's fine. You know, my lead, leadership for me is the the realization of a future that wasn't going to happen on its own. And, and that future addresses the fundamental cares of the relevant parties. That's what leadership is for me. So what future was I creating? Was I fulfilling on in my own coaching practice? And how did that fulfill on the fundamental cares of the relevant parties? So it was really about just being authentic with my own coaching and my own coaching practice.
0: Cause I think that's where I want to go. It's like, this is really important. We could talk about the outer game of enrolling clients and building a business, but this, this like inner shift really is about your own leadership. And it seems to me like something came online. Yeah. And that something that came online then fueled the growth of your business because you were embodying that you, it, it, it fueled the actions that you took and the words that you spoke to people in a way that influenced people. Does that feel right?
1: I would say so. Yeah. Before that, I would, you know, and and we should talk a little bit about the outer game and, you know, because I've never struggled with having clients. Right. And I know that some coaches do. And I'd really love to share something about that. Um, And what I found was I would get bored. You know, like I'd coach people for a while. I get kind of bored without this greater context future that I was creating.
0: Mm. Yeah so um so yeah there was this this shift that took place um and then you said after that within you know 18 months or two years you had um you know seven figure Mm -hmm. coaching business with 14 people Mm -hmm. uh, working for you um let me ask a little bit about like where do you, where do you, how did you do that? Like, how did you build that business Let's, from that angle? You know, what what did you do to build it?
1: Yeah. Well, first of all, I, I have to say that I don't think that there's like, here's the three steps. Yeah. Um, because if there were, all of us would be doing that, right? But I will say that there's a lot of authenticity in, you know, just what we were just saying, right? So there's a lot of... You know, who I am anywhere is who I am everywhere. And so my being authentic with my own work and doing my own work is really at the heart of it. So for one, you know, I, I, I think it's really important to provide extraordinary service. So, you know, I'm always on the path to mastery, always, and, and meaning that it's never ending, you know, there's never uh, never a place to get to. I recently, um, which I'm very proud of, but I recently got my um, MCC from the uh, ICF. And I have to tell you, I thought, you know, okay, now you know, you get the MCC. Now you feel like, all right, I'm here. I got it. But I've never felt like even more of a beginner than I do now. You know, because I have to ask my question, well, if I have this designation, what is it to be A master certified coach and I feel like I'm right back at the beginning again so there's there's what it takes to provide extraordinary service like a never ending uh, uh, path to mastery and meaning that um, if you've ever read George Leonard's book on mastery you know you got to learn to love the plateaus (laughs) Right? So you're working in your patch, it's like I can't. I just can't get enough. That's why I love your programs with coaches rising. I, you know, I just love them because it's, it's. I'm always developing myself. Um, the other thing inside of providing great, extraordinary service, I think, is 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 also uh, taking time taking a break so at the same time i love your programs and everything else you know all other places in which i develop myself i think it's been really important that i take a break that i can integrate a break from things coming at me and learning uh from other people you know like i need to take a break to integrate those and and make of what i've learned my own
0: expression
1: so it's it it's mine
0: uh, how do you how do you do that like i, I... Yeah. yeah how do you how do you create those breaks like is it, is it like a day or a week or oh, is it or is it different like
1: i mean i I just mean i I take time off from always being in a training program is what right. I mean you yes. know um so on one hand i'm you know I'm hungry I'm learning I'm, I'm always looking but on the other hand i I've got to discover things for myself so that I'm at the source of my own coaching I'm not simply Doing other people's tips and techniques and, and and methods, right? So I'm, I'm. It's I'm at the source of it. I'm saying, ah, this is what works. Uh, this is this is how I coach. Here's where I'm looking. So I I found that it was really important for me to not always be in a training program, um, but to integrate and and make of what I've learned my own expression. And how I do that is I really discover it for myself.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's that authenticity again, huh? Like the 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 if you only are coaching in the ways that other people have trained you, it's kind of an adapted approach, an adopted approach. And then as you're able to like what did you say? Like at the, be at the source of your own coaching, I guess that's where you're more powerful, yeah? Because you're in your own authenticity again.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. Right. I think so. And, um, and I think for sure for people who are just starting out coaching, it really does work to learn learn different methods and try out different techniques and all of that. But as a way of, wow, what does this allow me to see? What does that allow me to see? What does this give me access to? But to begin to make it your own. Mm. Um, Yeah. You know, when I I hire coaches, it's important for me that they're on their own path to mastery and they're not simply looking to emulate what I do. Yeah,
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you get a whole team of people who are doing this, you know being at the source of their own coaching
1: right mm-hmm. yeah we might share some distinctions but but we're the source of our own coaching
0: and yeah what, what else would you share with people like my, I, I keep wanting to know how do you how do you find clients of course yeah. you can can't have a business without clients but maybe you wouldn't go there yet is there anything else you would say first
1: well i'd say we could do uh, I don't know, a whole series of podcasts on providing great service. The only thing I talked about was being, you know, on your own path to mastery. But there's, that's like a, a, a piece of a lot. But, uh, so there's a lot more. I don't want to pretend like that's the only thing. Yeah. And then, but, so that's one thing, right? Providing great service. The other thing is learning how to sell. You know, we, I think we got to talk about learning how to sell. Um. <laughs> that's
0: so- well I think you know it's interesting because it's not often something people who are well I know when I first started coaching I wanted to help people and so it didn't quite I didn't know about business you know I didn't know about enrolling people as clients so yeah and it almost seemed to be a bit jarring you know with this part of me that wanted to serve
1: Right and and so and I wonder how many people listening to listening to this podcast is like oh you know that reaction to sales you know, some of us love it and and I didn't always be this way. Um, but but boy, I have met so many people. I would say more uh, the exception are those who don't have a hang up around sales. Right? So I met so many people that you know sales is like you know something to, I don't know, it's it's something that we resist in, in some way. Um, so I think that one of the really important shifts that we need to make is to examine our relationship around sales. So, um, oh boy, there's about five directions I wanna go, but let me say, let me say one thing before I go into selling. Uh, one of my coaches, uh, Dr. Fernando Flores, which I'm sure other people have referenced before, and maybe you've had him on the podcast, I'm not sure. One of the most important things I got from him is that coaching is not an offer. Right? Coaching is not an offer. And I see so many coaches try to sell coaching. Mm-hmm. But coaching isn't the offer. Coaching is a vehicle for the offer. And so it's really important that we understand as coaches that that coaching is a vehicle, not the offer itself. Yes. The other thing is selling something to someone is an insufficient context for growing a successful coaching business. So I'm just going to say that again. Selling something to someone is an insufficient context. Here was one of the big shifts that I made for myself that, that, that impacted the outer game is that I realized it was only—it was actually only after I was successful that I realized, um, for me, I wasn't quote doing selling. Um, who I was in conversations with prospects and clients was a co-creator of possibilities. So, see, I don't know myself as a saleswoman. Uh, I I know myself as a coach, and so being a co-creator of possibilities is exactly what I do in coaching, right? So, you know, here's what that means. It means I'm being someone who co-creates with my prospects a future that is extraordinarily relevant for them, and a pathway for achieving that future. Now, how different is that from coaching?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I'm a co-creator with my prospects and my clients about, well, what's a future that's, that's relevant and inspiring and connected to what's fundamentally important to you? So that's the first conversation we have you know, is, is, well, the first conversation is what's going on, right? Until they, and I'm, I'm bringing a certain kind of listening so that, you know, like a coach, right? Creating space. I probably listen for 15 to 20 minutes before I say anything. And, and in that listening, I'm pulling out what's fundamentally important to them, what they fundamentally care about. And in conversation and dialogue, we start to invent, to create, A possible future that they care about. Then we look to, well, how might we achieve that future? And generally speaking, how we would achieve that future is through a coaching engagement and the work that we would do in a coaching engagement. And so who I'm being as a co-creator of possibilities, I don't even have the intent that at the end of this, I'm going to sell a coaching engagement. It's that what's the future and, and how might we partner together in fulfillment of the future. That's the offer.
0: Mm. Yeah. Could you say the, ex- expand on that difference, you know, so I, 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 it makes sense to me, but you said like, um, the offer is is um, the coaching engagement that would get them to that extraordinary future, um, or the, the, highly relevant future, um, where, where, uh, in that conversation would you talk about, you know, actually, um, enrolling together or something?
1: I just want to correct one thing. The offer isn't the coaching engagement even, right? The offer is the future and partnering with them to accomplish that future. Then there's the structure, you know how are we going to do that? Well, you know we're going to have a year's worth of coaching. You know, we're going to spend two days together, whatever. Okay, but it's really it, they're not buying the number of sessions. What they're buying is their future.
0: Right. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. And and so the so I'm actually in the middle of creating a course um, on transformative selling, and. You know, for me, transformative selling is where the prospect is, experiences a transformation in the transaction. Mm. So what does that mean? They see a new future self. They see a new future for themselves, and they see that they can take action to achieve that future. Now, what's the action? It's partnering with me or partnering with you, right?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, say your question again. I, I'm not sure that I answered it.
0: Well, no, no, it's great. I mean, um, what is it about that enrollment part that com- that, that is poten- potentially so transformative?
1: Well, first of all, in any of my conversations, and I have to tell you, I have something like a 80% close rate, right? So it's, it's I might even say 90%, but I'm being a little conservative, 80% close rate, so a very extremely high close rate. And, um, and I've had people listen to my coaching calls in the past. And one of the things that they're astonished by is how little I'm speaking. So what I'll hear is, okay, what do you, you know, you get on a prospect call. I've heard other people's coaching and they're doing, or other coaching, other coaches, uh, business development calls, and they're doing a lot of talking. Or they're starting out with, oh, yep, yeah, I have, I have this for you. I have a ten-session series, or I have a, you know, year-long, twice-a-month series. This is what I have, you know. And and uh, and you know, in their first call, will come out with the outcomes. This, this is how it's going to go. And I, I just, why, why the sales, why, why transformative selling is is so enrolling is is that the client is doing. The client is doing the speaking. The client is doing the creating. So, so in a way, they're, they're enrolling themselves. Um, mm-hmm. I'm acting. I'm, I'm really being a coach. You know, so there's, there's an arc to this. Um, in the beginning, I'm just listening, and I'm listening to understand in the same way we do coaching, and I'm getting where I am. An exact duplication of what's happening where the client is. So I'm really recreating where I am, what's happening where the client is to include, you know, what's the mood and the emotion? What's the, what's the world they're immersed in? What, you know, they're present, there's the presenting issue and then there's what's underneath, what they care about that has this issue be presented in the first place. So I'm listening for understanding then I start to listen for well what are their fundamental cares and I'll check it out with them It sounds like this is really important to you it sounds like this is really important to you and we'll really get dialed in to what they fundamentally care about and when we do that um, almost automatically a new future starts to show up and uh, and and they begin to give voice to that new future you know and this is what I want and I could see this and I imagine and then and then there's a bit you know there's a little silence, and, and I might offer, well, one way we could go about that is, and then we begin to talk about strategies, pathways. So I'm not really speaking a lot until we start to talk about bridging their fundamental cares with what they see as possible. And, and when we look at that bridge, I might offer a coaching structure with, with outcomes that are related to that future, and, and, you know, out of that, they're like, wow, yes, please send me your proposal. Mm-hmm. So, um, so the, you know, the arc is from understanding to identifying fundamental cares to beginning to co-create, imagine what's possible. Then we look together and it's really a co-creation. I don't think I need to know. You know, I'll offer, well, what if we started for two days together in a strategy session Then we did, you know, coaching twice a month? Maybe we can do some three ways with your boss or your spouse, whatever. But, you know, what do you think? How does that sound to you? Mm-hmm. And they might sound, wow, that's, that's greater. Well, I'm, I'm nervous about the two days. You know, so it's a co-creation, yeah? Mm-hmm. And then the last thing is committed action. And, and I don't try to do the whole thing in one call. Maybe the committed action is, well, why don't I start working on a proposal? You know, would you like to see a proposal from me? I like to ask that, right? Would you like to see a proposal? Are you ready to see that? And, uh, and you know, in order to do that, I'd like, you know, why don't you start working on some, uh, uh, key outcomes that would make this worthwhile. Mm. Um, Sometimes I don't say, why don't you? That's a little, you know, but that is a little directive, right? So let's start to move to committed action. Mm. Um, But I'm not trying to necessarily get a yes to everything in the first call. It just might be a yes to the next action.
0: Yeah. So much in what you shared there. Um, So, well, one thing that stands out is how, like you've already said this, but how much this kind of conversation is just like coaching. You know, I mean, well, let's just say it is yeah, coaching. It's coaching, <laughs> yeah. It's not just like coaching. Right. It is coaching. Um, so, uh, yeah. And, and I, I want to ask you, you said something about like bridging their fundamental cares with what they see is possible. Could you talk about that a little bit more? Like, how do you do that? What does it look like?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, what makes an offer. Uh, really relevant for, pe- for people is that it addresses what's fundamentally important to them. Yeah? Mm. So I want to make sure that my offer, that the future that they're creating and that my offer addresses what's fundamentally important to them. So, for example, somebody comes in, and this happens a lot for me, actually, a prospect, uh, uh, sometimes a client, um, but oftentimes the prospect will show up, you know, I'll have a call and they'll say, I need you to, I'm calling to see if you can come and do a one-day training on accountability. You know, that's accountability and trust are two things that I do a lot of work in in organizations. They all want those two things. And um, and I'm almost certain, uh, almost certain, like 95% of the time, but not 100, almost certain that their solution is, is, is not necessarily what's going to make the biggest difference to what they care about. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I'll ask them first, rather than saying, yes, I will do that one day for you. I have a workshop set up and I do, I have a one day program. I just know that a one day program, you know, by itself doesn't do a lot. So um, rather than saying yes, in other words, I'm never an order taker. That's really important in being a co-creator of possibilities is that you don't take orders. You co-create. So rather than taking the order and fulfilling on the order, I ask more questions. Well, what's going on that has you request this one-day session? Um, and then all your well, you know, this department, you know, they're not meeting their deadlines. Whatever. Okay, and and what's what's uh, underneath? You know, what what are those deadlines? in fulfillment of or what do you suspect is at the heart of their not meeting their deadlines so again it's it's very much a coaching conversation right what do you suspect needs to be broken through in order for them not to meet their deadlines and we just we get so much deeper in the conversation till we find out well you know what's really missing is an alignment on where the where the company's going in the first place people don't they're not bought in Right. Mm -hmm. Well, that's not going to get covered in a one day session on accountability. So now we say, oh, so what would really make a difference is having a company culture where everybody's aligned and bought in and excited and engaged about the future of this company. Yeah. Might I suggest a different route? Might we do some alignment sessions together? Wow. Yeah, actually, that would be exactly what we want to do. That would really make the difference. And then maybe after the alignment sessions, we do some work on accountability to make sure that we're bringing what we created into fruition. So Mm. it looks kind of like that. So it's very much like a coaching conversation.
0: And what I like about it, you know, of course, um, I think for a lot of people, it's like, oh, well, actually, I could coach people in that way. Uh, In a kind of transformative enrollment. And uh, actually, you're not pushing people in any way, you know, imposing ideas, but you're actually, like you said, you're co creating and partnering with them. And, you know, I imagine because you just really care, you know, you actually want to get to the heart of the issue to the, what would actually be the most effective or most important thing we could do rather than taking your, you know, initial suggestion that actually wouldn't really solve it anyway. And you're helping them kind of come to this much, much more authentic, effective solution. So beautiful. Yeah.
1: I think you you said it really well. Um, You know, at the heart, of building a successful coaching practice, successful coaching business. You know, at the heart of the business development side of that is to be a co-creator of possibilities with your clients and your prospects. And it's all a co-creation. You know, I've had people listen to my sales calls and they go, whoa, that was a sales call? I didn't even know it was a sales call to the very end of the call. And <laughs> you're, you're offering to provide a proposal, right? So it's like, we know how to do this. You guys, we know how to do this. This is our work. And it's not like coaching and sales are two different activities. It's one thing. It's co-creating the future with your clients and partnering with them to make it happen.
0: Mm. But there's two things I want to ask you about mm-hmm. and in a way it's like the the, big, the 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 part that happens before that conversation and right at the end you said providing a proposal let's go there first so like what's important when providing a proposal I know you've already spoken into that, but perhaps we could just unpack that briefly mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Like what's in, what's the essential when providing a proposal
1: well first of all i don't i don't do the work of putting a proposal together until I'm about 80% sure they're, they're a yes, because it's a lot of work. So I used to just send proposals to people for their consideration, it's like they'd go like window shopping, it's way, way, way too much work. And I even let them know that, you know, so one thing is I don't put a proposal together till I'm fairly certain that we've, we've you know, there's an 80% that they're gonna do this and we've aligned. It's critical that in the proposal, uh, from my perspective, okay, people will say different things, but but mine have a high hit rate. So in my proposals, I put in, uh, I ensure that 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 I, I restate what's really fundamentally important to them. So I might say something like, you know, uh, Jared, thank you so much for the call. You know, I I appreciated. XYZ about you, which is really speaking to, you know, it's giving them a chance to see I really, I really saw who they are. Um, I'm also left with an appreciation of what's in front of you, and I might say a few things about that, um, and, you know, and ultimately what you care about, and the future you're committed to, you know, something like that, right? So it, what's great about that is it reminds people of the call. It sets a context for the bottom of the proposal where the price is, right? Mm. So, it creates that context. Um, I I put in, you know, the the outcomes that we've aligned on. And I'm so much of a co-creator here that as I'm putting the proposal together, I'll even ask my prospect, I'll say, okay, you know, I'd love to, you know, could you send me the outcomes that for you would have this be a no-brainer? Right? right so they'll start to put some outcomes they'll send it to me you know so we'll almost it's almost like we're co-creating the proposal together yeah right so then i'll put the outcomes and and i spend a lot of time that's another thing that i think people can underestimate is the amount of effort that you know that is required to really hit the bullseye um i've had people tell me man you're just so good at this you know uh And, and I, I don't love that because they aren't acknowledging the amount of time that I've taken. Like, it's not that I'm good at this. It's that I put an extraordinary amount of effort into it. Mm. And in doing that time and time again, I have gotten good at it. Um, So the outcomes, just really nailing those. And then, you know, look, here's the proposed structure for being able to fulfill on those outcomes. Now what they're buying are the outcomes. They're not buying the structure. So that's that's another thing in building a successful coaching business is is make sure that your structure is actually sufficient to fulfill on the outcomes. Mm. You know, I don't anymore. I do not sell less than a year's long engagement for coaching. I just won't do it anymore.
0: Say say more about that because yeah, have you made mistakes in the past? About, oh yeah, yeah
1: so many mistakes. You know, I used to have like a six coaching session package because it wasn't as much of, you know, it's a lower price point. People could do it. It, it seemed like a smaller commitment. And, um, and then I'd have to renew every, every, after every six sessions. It was yeah. insane, right? I'd have to have new sales conversations all the time. And, uh, and, and you know, I'm just to stand for my value, I just know the value and, I'm, and, I'm, and we've worked enough on those outcomes so that those outcomes, if they got those outcomes, the whole coaching engagement is a no brainer for them, right? Mm. And I'm such a fan that we can do that, that I'm unwilling now to do anything other than what that's going to take. So mistakes in the past have been thinking I can, we can, you know, create a whole new life, a whole new organization, whatever, in like 10 sessions, it's just, it's just not going to happen. You know, um, you know, creating, just doing a, in an organization group coaching session, uh, creating uh, a vision or a strategy with no implementation. I mean, that's my reputation because how many people have we, how many, how many of us have experienced those two day amazing offsites. And then we know it's not going to work out later because we haven't put in the proper implementation. So You know, the prices go up, the packages get bigger, but I'm telling you, I have great reputation now because I'm, I'm just unwilling to do anything other than what it's going to take to fulfill on that co-created future.
0: Well, I love hearing about that because yeah, you actually do less enrollment cycles. Yes. and, and, And it comes back to what you said at the start, like be a good coach yeah be an yes. excellent outstanding coach and then you can deliver and you can be confident and you can say say someone yeah like we work together for a year because i know i can get you to these outcomes but we need a year so right. um then that confidence just shines through
1: um i mean as coaches we provide life-changing game-changing results you know, so let's, let's be confident in the value we provide as coaches, really. You know, so many jobs are going away, uh, you know, these days, and, and new jobs are getting created, sure, but you know what's not going away is, you know, who I am in the world, what my life's about, what my organization's about, You know, what's the meaning for life? In fact, that's becoming an ever important question for many people. So, you know, let's be clear and confident about the value. We provide that value as coaches.
0: I mean, like on that note, I think... Only is it going to become... Meaning is, you know, this... We're in a meaning crisis. Uh, you see things about meaning everywhere now. And um, I think only as more and more work is automated um, and, and, you know, there there is perhaps... Greater freedom we experience from that, but also greater identity crises. That that has huge potential for humanity to, if we address that meaning question, like who am I in the world and what is it to live live a meaningful life? You know, and I think coaches can play a significant role in supporting people, large numbers of people, to to um, engage in that. You know, as more and more people move out of the survival kind of um you know like levels of uh living like hopefully that will continue then um really important and i i know we've only got a few minutes left but there's one thing i want to ask you about which is like the other side so like where do you find the clients you know like imagine there's a bunch of coaches listening to how like well okay well well and good doing these like you've shared so much of value today i want to say that but where do you where do you find clients do mm-hmm. they find you dude? Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, yeah um you know one i do want to say i have a podcast that's not how i find my clients necessarily because my podcast is new so um i do yeah. have that it's called the leadership it's called leadership impact not the leadership impact just leadership impact um yeah. so i did want to i did want a chance to mention that and and some some clients come through there um but primarily you know i i do get a lot of referrals i ask for referrals um I I speak it. So because who I am is a co-creator of possibility, I'm out in the world co-creating possibilities with people. So it's coming through conversation. Well, what are you about? Oh, interesting. What do you do? Oh, cool. You know, um, what are some of the the things that you're up to in your business? Interesting. You know, what are the... um, what are the challenges that you have in achieving that? Huh? Wow. Well, you know, if you ever like to talk about that, I'm an executive coach and I, you know, I'm, this is, this is totally in my domain, Mm. you know, but it's not even like I'm going out to sell. I'm just, I'm in conversation with people. I'm, I'm opening my mouth. Um, Oh, this is useful. Maybe, maybe this is useful. Uh, Five years ago when I started uh, truly just a coaching practice, because I, I wanted to do some transformational work from home with a new baby, um, is I, I realized I wanted to coach executives, and I wasn't coaching executives. So you know what I started to say? No. I, I started to say, I'm an executive coach. And you know what happened? Executives came.
0: <laughs> right.
1: So I didn't, like, wait until I had sufficient evidence to say I'm an executive coach. I just started speaking, I'm an executive coach. People go, oh, really? What is that? What do you do?
0: Right. Yeah. Well, it's to me it speaks of that declaration that you make that in, that inner shift again. You know, mm-hmm. so you're uh, you're you're taking a, a, an embodied shift or stance as the co-creator. You know, I am a co-creator. That's what I do, and that, that then influences and infuses the way that you're interacting with people and inspires them to take action or not. But you know, it, it, in this case, it's doing you're doing very well at that. So. That's a powerful lesson for me in this, you know, is like making that declaration. I'm an executive coach mm-hmm. and I'm a co-creator and being that in the world.
1: Right. That's that's just who I am as an identity. And, and I'll be that in sales business development. I'll be that in hiring with my team that they see a future that's relevant for them. And the pathway to that future is working with us. I see that in clients, you know, that I, I, am like that with myself. I'm, I'm like that at networking events, at parties that, you know, like it's just who I am as a co-creator of possibilities. And, and there's two parts, the creation and the fulfillment. And I partner with people on the fulfillment. Mm.
0: Hey, Carrie, well, uh, we've, got, we've got to wrap up here. Yes. And I think this has been such a rich conversation. I'm learning a lot from you. I'm sure that a lot of coaches are learning a lot from you too. Um, it's very inspiring to hear about the way you see building your coaching practice and where it comes from within you. So a big thanks. And w- please share again, what, what's your podcast name and where we can find out more about you?
1: Yeah, so my podcast name is Leadership Impact. You can search that or you can search my name, Carrie Granger. And uh, also, you know, I have a lot of resources on my website. It's just grangernetwork.com. And, you know, you're welcome to browse around there. Our podcast is there. Um, yeah. And can I leave us with a quote from Ram Das, because it's kind of at the heart of all of this? Hell yeah. Yeah. So our whole spiritual transformation brings us to the point where we realize that in our own being – we are
0: enough. Huh. I can feel what that evokes inside of me, a relaxation and a, a, a new place from which to take action.
1: Mm-hmm. And if, if this is who we are, we are enough in, in each of our conversations to include business development is a wholly different place to stand from. Mm.
0: Hey, Carrie, well, I want to just make a shout out to people. If you've been inspired today or perhaps you want to learn more about building a coaching practice, reach out to me and me or Carrie yeah? because we, we talked about huh, maybe there's something that could, could um, you know, emerge um, from the two communities or from the, from the skills that Carrie has and, you know, uh, the, the coaches we know. So just reach out and, and, and let us know. Um, so Carrie, thanks.
1: Yeah, thank you.
0: Hi, it's me again. It's Joel here. Uh, Just a a quick request. I would love it if you would share this podcast. I want as many coaches to benefit from these as possible. So uh, you can find the share buttons on the the podcast pages, the individual podcast pages. If you're not already signed up, you can do so. Just subscribe to the podcast through the usual way you would do the iTunes and so on. And What was the other thing I wanted to say? Oh yeah, keep an eye out for our neuroscience and coaching program, which we are cooking up. And I am excited about who we've got locked in. We've got some of the the teachers. In fact, most of the teachers locked in now and I'm thrilled. So if you want to know more about that, go to coachesrising.com forward slash neuroscience. Actually, there's very little there, but you can put your name in the sign up box and be kept in the loop, including when we release neuroscience and coaching related content. All right, see you next time.